So, Bob, have you gotten any letters from, uh, who was it? Is it Experian that had the breach? I can never keep them separated. It's not TransUnion. It's, I think it's a, Experian. Yeah, it was Experian. Like paper, like paper mail? Yeah, did you get a letter or no, or an email actually from them saying that you need to verify your claim with them? Yeah. Did we not cover this already, or did we just do this? I think we did it friend to friend. I think we did it offline. On... So, so we did talk about it. Okay, so I got it. My wife got it. You got it. Did you say? I think my wife got it too, and I think I made her fill it out just because I want to see. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I I filled mine out and said, "Hell yeah, I want my money." Because basically, it was all right. If you really want money instead of the credit check, now's your chance to change your mind. And yeah, it was a weird, are you sure? And then there was an, are you sure during the process too? It's like, are you really sure you don't just want the free credit monitoring? Come on, take the free credit monitoring. And it makes me wonder if you don't, you know, confirm, then you're just like, oh, you don't, you get nothing, right? Well, I, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I do think it was a way to thin the herd because... You know, it was literally millions and millions of records that were breached, correct? Uh, yes, many millions. 147 so, million to be exact. Yeah. So uh, another friend of mine, we have this thing, like, if it's only half, isn't it still really bad? And so, like, let's say half those people made that claim for the 125. They ran out of money quick. So, so yeah, the, the total purse, if you will, is four hundred twenty-five million, which of which I expect to see pennies, if anything. Actually, it'll probably cost more to, for postage and for printing of the physical check than will be the actual amount of said check. What do you think? Ooh, I really hope it's over a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if nothing else, there'll be some uh, discussion on that. So. Bob, I've done a lot of work for that dollar, if that's the case. Bob, have you gotten any uh, settlement notifications from Facebook breaches lately? No. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yeah. No, is that, is that a thing? It's not, and I'm bringing that up on purpose because, you know, they've got this whole $5 billion fine coming, and there's no settlement plan, so I guess that goes to buy more tanks and missiles, right, for the U.S. government? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the same amount that uh, that Match is getting fined as well, or is there no number in that? No, they're claim? not being fined yet. They're just being sued by the FTC because allegedly they would send clickbaity emails. Never happens. Saying somebody's interested in you, Bob, and then you click it, and it says profile unavailable. But they only tell you that after you sign up. Yeah, but all right, so let's take a giant step back from that, though. So they're being, I'm going to paraphrase here, but they're being sued for saying, if you use our product, you'll be a better you, is really what it boils down to, uh, right? I thought I, mean, I thought it was because it was a bait and switch, because they would send you an email saying somebody's interested, you click it, and the, the profile's not there because it's... Turns out it's a fraud profile. Right. But I think it comes down to a numbers game is what. So like if you're an unpaid member, they don't have filters in place that they have for paid members. So you're an unpaid member and it looks like you have a hundred people that are interested in you. 
and to find out who they are, you, you pay your nine ninety nine a month uh, or whatever gotcha. it is. And then, of course, you get logged in, and it turns out that most of those hundred messages are spam, <laughs> right? So, but still, at the end of the day, they're getting sued for trying to sell you something that will make you better. Like you're going to get more dates if you, you know, right? And I feel like every advertiser since the dawn of advertising has used that same exact technique. Now, I, I I can't say you're far off, but <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's slimy. It's kind of like the old uh, voice. Oh, it's super slimy. LinkedIn I mean, does, it, does this, right? Click here, pay, pay, unlock who's seen your profile or whatever, right? Yeah, I get attractive people from LinkedIn all the time telling me that since I'm such a great member, I can get LinkedIn Pro or whatever the hell they call it, right? you know, for free. Yep. <laughs> I think we all get that. <laughs> so don't feel special, Bob, which I... <laughs> I don't feel special at all, but I mean, I think that that's what they want you to feel, which isn't that just like what Match.com was doing? Yep. So, so to take it over to Facebook again, so $5 billion, none of us will see any of that. Um, and since it's profitable to break the law, because if it's only $5 billion when you're making many more billions, they're just going to keep doing it. But you know who I think has a potential here for a lawsuit? It's the advertisers. Think about all the millions of fake accounts or whatnot that apparently have been purged from Facebook. But all those impressions you know, of their ads have been given to fake accounts. Do you think the advertisers got their money back, Bob? Oh man, that's very interesting. I didn't really thought about the inflated eyeballs because of the bot accounts. Right. Hey, we we did we we burned through all ten thousand impressions, of which we know that about nine thousand were probably fake accounts. But you know what? That's not an us problem. That's a you problem. Well, all right. So let's let's take that a little bit further. Do you think? And this actually makes Facebook super sleazy, which doesn't shock me oh you got it you gonna tell me something no i've got a barking dog i don't know if you can hear it or not (laughs) i don't know if that hand over the mic is gonna fix that but uh anyway back to facebook what if they know like what if the bots the fake accounts they they don't create an impression like the facebook already knew that that was a thing so i think that's even worse i think the advertisers could it's totally worse because but that would explain maybe why the advertisers aren't suing because now you have sec problems because you're inflating your user base which is inflating your market cap in the stock market so oh i think that's all connected for sure i think that if if the government wanted to play hardball I think that they've probably got a hundred different avenues that they could pursue, right? So Facebook, in my mind, they got all kinds of trouble. But I was reading an article on Box slash Recode, and I'm out of breath from running back from feeding the dogs. <laughs> oh, oh! Did you say feed them or beat them? <laughs> feed them, not. Oh, not I beat thought them. you said you were beating the dogs. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Don't don't send your hate mail to Kevin. <laughs> So anyway, um, now I'm totally off my game here, but uh, Facebook has got lots of problems, I think, and I don't think they're going to be solved anytime soon. And one one article on Vox Recode was kind of what we talked about in a previous episode, which was as long as it's profitable, they're just going to keep doing it unless you send them to jail, right? 
Yeah, because the five billion is not going to hurt them. But let's take like that five billion because you said something at the very beginning of this conversation, and I was like, "What? What does the Federal Trade Commission like? Why do they get that money? They weren't wronged in any way, shape, or form. The people were, right? Yeah. Where's Where's my fifty cents <laughs> that I should be getting? Right? Oh, yeah. I guess when you divide that by their two hundred billion users or whatever they have, then. How how many users do they have? Two billion users is what they say. Two billion. Two out of seven are their users. There's got to be quite a few fake accounts in there somewhere. Yeah, and at some point, and maybe they're close to it, they're going to hit saturation, right? Because of the remaining five billion, well, they might be under 13. They might be elderly. They might be third world, you know, et cetera. So at some point, you're kind of saturated, right? Well, but pretty soon, actual bots are going to get Facebook accounts, you know, <laughs> those those sex dolls when they're sitting around waiting to be interacted with, they're going to have to cruise Facebook, right? Yeah, so an old trope at the polls is people say, oh, well, so-and-so voted and they're dead. You know, how can you have 10,000 votes in a 5,000 population city? Well, Facebook may do that one day too. We've got 12 billion active users and we make sure they're all real people. Wait a second. Well, that's super interesting because when someone dies, they don't just roll off the records. So that's still a user account. It is, but it's uh, they, they count usually active users. So daily active users is... So they may have 2 billion, but only 1 billion are active daily. But what constitutes an active user? What if somebody gets added? Like, you know, I at a dead person. Does that make them active I don't, because I don't think so. they were referenced? I don't think so, but... But yeah, uh, I think they're making their own rules, right? So they can say, well, this is what an active user is and go over to Twitter and they have their own rules of what an active user is. So, yeah. Yeah, I get, and I, I'll stay with the advertisers. If the advertisers are getting screwed, they would totally sue, but they're not getting screwed. Well, well, they it could be, be one of these things. We're getting screwed, but not, not screwed enough because, you know, I, I, as long as they see the value proposition is in their favor... There's not a problem. But when that pendulum that likes to swing in tech goes to the other side, then perhaps that's not going to be uh, the case anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, what else do we got to bash on Facebook for? Uh, Nothing. But I was going to point out a kind of a fun thing that happened last week. We published an episode, we meaning you, and within a few minutes of publishing it to YouTube because we syndicate through youtube we get this freaking copyright notice from youtube saying don't worry this isn't a real copyright strike against your account but we noticed you have the westworld theme all like eight bars of like a very short amount of it don't worry fret not any money that you might have earned on this uh episode will either be split or solely going to some whoever owns that hbo or whatever so (sighs) <sighs> oh, I didn't even read it all the way. So they're okay with us using it. It's just if we were monetized, we wouldn't get any money out of it. Which is bullshit. Because Yeah, but at least they're not taking us down. Well, fair enough, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, where's the fair use, uh, you know, for that? Now, of course, if you watch Joe Rogan, he'll tell Jamie all the time, hey, don't, don't play this. YouTube will take us down. So seems even the big boys get taken down. Though I don't remember the last 
YouTube JRE that maybe that's why because maybe I haven't seen it because it's down. But <laughs> you know, maybe they get apparently they get demonetized all the time though. Ah, yes, demonetized. Well, it would hurt them way more than it would hurt us because we we don't we can't even monetize because we're such small potatoes. But I digress. Isn't it funny that demonetization is very similar to demonization <laughs> <laughs> hmm, now that you say that now i'm going to associate the two i guess there's just a t in there that makes all the difference apparently of course i'm split on youtube so they're they they have so many videos that they can't possibly have a human assigned to all of them so they go with well what's in the best interest of the platform the best interest of the platform is to protect the people who who have filed these copyright things because they're the ones with the deeper checkbooks and the larger roster of lawyers. So they go that route. And then people like us, it's like, well, wait a second, we can appeal, blah, blah, blah. We won't because we're not even monetizing. But the point is, is the burden is now on us to always explain like, dude, did you even listen to it? No, we had the bot do it. Don't worry. We'll get back to you in 30 days, which actually means 90 days. Yeah, that had to have been a bot because it was literally within minutes of uploading it. Oh, yeah. There's no human listening to the Bob and Kevin show <laughs> besides <laughs> Bob and Kevin. So there we go. Well, come on. Let's be fair. All right. Maybe one or two. but A couple. Yes. So anyway, I, I the, felt that that was interesting stuff from the last week. Of course, maybe we should uh, do the, the real show now, right? Well, wait. I, wanna, I, don't, I don't want to close that one out just yet. So... Of course, I care so little about YouTube that I didn't even read the entirety of the thing, as I said. <laughs> um, but was it a YouTube bot, or did the owner of the copyright scan it? No, they must have caught it YouTube and then notified so the So the way it works is you can register your content, and it, it has basically a digital signature. And when that digital signature, which is fairly unique, matches automatically then it's all auto automated. It's actually very sophisticated yet very not sophisticated. I mean, all it is is trying to match up bits as a fingerprint to the video you just did in the catalog. What is impressive that there's got to be thousands, if not millions of registered content, and then they can scan each one of those fairly quickly and go up. Oh, you hit this one. You know, what if you hit these five? Holy crap. You know, so that's that's kind that of that is impressive. a super quick super quick matching algorithm holy crap yeah so i mean they're <laughs> kudos to them but you know it's like yeah this is like the overly oppressive bot you know yeah it's not like that one it's not like we were the only show uploading in that second of time right. either you know you are listening to the bob and kevin show with bob Beatty bar and kevin gisheski each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Oh. Wow, what are we doing today? <laughs> I feel like I just got tricked. Uh, okay, well, maybe I'll explain. I think uh, we don't have really a definite topic 
besides what we uh, just kind of talked about now. I think we're going to do more of the same, what we did on the left side of the break. So we're just going to basically talk about current headlines and we're going to kind of take a step back, I think, a little bit from more of the philosophy and ethics and stuff like that of tech. Cause we oh, no, we're totally going to do that, too. <sighs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Okay. Well, we will try to keep it, uh, you know pretty palatable for everyone we're going to go through some headlines that i've got here you probably got some things you want to talk about i'm kevin from the bob and kevin show and that guy is i'm bob we've totally switched it up today because i am once again ill prepared but also i think it's good for us to take one of these mental breaks because our last couple episodes have been pretty well researched ish and uh more of heavy topics so this is going to be going back to some of our roots and uh, just doing some straight up tech advocacy and bashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the last couple episodes are very heavy. There, one was about the tech of sex, which is you know got innuendo and taboo all flavored on it. And then we did diversity uh, at some point <laughs> in the near near past, and that that's a tough one. So yeah, let's 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 try to be a little more, I guess, upbeat. <laughs> on stuff. Well, Kevin, yeah? I have a question for you. Do you know what episode number this is for us? Oh, yeah. I think this is numero 50. Yeah, the big 5 oh, which yeah. also matches my birthday for next year. Ooh, ouch. Um, yeah, so now you have a couple points of PII from me uh, to be <laughs> able to steal my identity. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Um, yeah, so episode 50, and I think I tallied up the other day, we had 30-ish YouTube episodes, is that right? Uh, don't know, actually. Um, YouTube's a distant memory for me. Well, I guess the bottom line is we've been doing this for doing this for a while now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> according to the article you sent me today, if we make it past seven episodes, we're actually special. So we're doing okay, right? <laughs> we're, we're well past seven. I've got a couple other fledgling podcasts that maybe didn't make it too far past seven. So well, I, 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 pitched, I helped contribute to that. <laughs> I pitched one to you recently and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this other podcast. And it's on episode hasn't got any episodes yet. So <laughs> I don't even know if that's going to get off the ground. Well, let's take a, a, a sidetrack here because actually I know you're not on Facebook anymore. Uh, you can, if you're listening, you can find an episode where Kevin and then I, whoa, that was my own little audio glitch from my mouth, um, where we've discussed how Kevin left Facebook. But I've recently joined a podcast. It's called the Podcast Movement Community for Podcasters. With that mouthful. And I am... Uh, I'm totally just uh, stalking right now in the group, and there's a lot of interesting podcast questions. You can't promote your podcast in this group, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, you did send me an article today. It's called How Much Money Do Podcasters Make? <laughs> and it kind of resembles what you would actually probably expect 
the the bold headline was 99% of all podcasts make zero dollars. So that was like, oh, wow, let's just tell you the answer right away. And then, um, you know, kind of went through some different things of, you know, if you make it past seven episodes, you're actually doing well. Um, But then they kind of got into the number of downloads per episode and only uh, 7% get 5,000 downloads per episode. And then it just, you know, it's dropping off dramatically. 2% get over 20,000, 1% get over 37,000. And I can tell you we're nowhere near any of those numbers. Um, but one of the big takeaways, the whole Hey now, hey now, we've got one episode that's creeping into legit territory. Well, it <laughs> the best advice it gives us in the summary, it says, and I quote, getting into podcasts just because you want to make money is the wrong approach. Um, it's the same as learning guitar because you want to make money as a musician. You kind of you need to learn the guitar because you love the music and playing it. And then if you have that hit and you can make money on it, that's the win. But if you go into podcasting with like, we're going to be rich, we're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> so that's where we're at today, right? That's crap. I'm out. Ah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Kevin show. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we came in this with eyes wide open. Uh, well, maybe not. I think we both had... A little bit of stars in our eyes thinking that we could monetize, but I think we're past that now. One of my latest tracks of thought lately is Twitter. I, I tweeted today, you know, or yesterday, one of these days, the outrage templates, insert anecdotal evidence, insert some sort of straw man argument, insert some hashtag hit send. That's that's that. And then if you go into YouTube and then I, I don't know if we disagree on this or maybe I'm just terrible at articulating but there's a there's a lot of channels on YouTube on how to make it on YouTube. But it's like these are like self-fulfilling prophecy channels. It's like, you can be like me. Wait, wait a second. What is it that you do? Oh, you tell other people how to make it big. Therefore, you're making it big. And there's a bunch of channels like this. And it's like, well, who's actually doing real content other than how to make it big on YouTube and make money? And I think it's full of anecdotal evidence and full of survival stories where you can be like me too. No, there's only one. Well, and it's also super formulaic too. It is, but it isn't, right? Well, no, no, no. But if you look at the template for each one of those people, yeah, yeah, each one of those channels that are like, you too could be a great, you know, YouTube star. They all follow the same, like they clone each other. Yeah. Because that's how you get list views. And I reason it like this. There's only going to be one Joe Rogan ever. But let's say we had somebody similar to Joe Rogan. We'll call them, you know, somebody else. How many Joe Rogans can there be before we're like, hey, we just have too many Joe Rogans. So a lot of these YouTube channels and a lot of like these, hey, you can make money on podcasts. They they kind of predicated it all on you can that there's an infinite number of Joe Rogans that can exist where I totally disagree. I'm like, no. And as this article about monetizing with podcasts suggests that only the top 1% are ever going to make enough money to quit their job. So let's make no mistake and let's quit telling people you're going to be in this awesome YouTuber. You're going to be this awesome podcast. You're going to make money. No, you're not. Let's just go with the numbers. No, you're not. Now, if it happens, great. But if you go into it, that is so not gonna happen but full full disclosure here i get i got into the youtube stuff thinking ah this is an extra hundred bucks a month i can you know make and you know <laughs> hundred bucks is reasonable and i almost made a hundred bucks before fucking youtube moves their standard now i need 
more subscribers and whatnot. And I'm almost to that 1,000 subscriber mark. And I haven't uploaded a video in like going on two years now. You know, it's, it's like something forever. And it's it's irony. But um, you're not going to get rich doing this. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot of examples where, well, so-and-so is making money doing this. And what about these? Oh, oh, shit. The term influencer. I hate it. I just hate. <laughs> like, we've, this has entered the lexicon where it's like, when I watched the Fire Festival, which I finally did watch, Bob greatest documentary ever they they kept talking like well we'll get the influencers in a you know cabin or like some you know some nice house and what of course that went to shit in the pan basket but i we're we're at episode 50 i'm happy we've made it this far (laughs) (laughs) i sound angry right but anyway i'm so glad we made it to 50 this has been so fun fuck (laughs) (laughs) wow I got weird really fast. So, well, looking forward, uh, we already have plans for episode fifty-one and fifty-two. Correct? Fifty-one for sure, but do we have two? Yeah, I episodes? thought we thought we decided that we were going to do two when you were out here. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just can't do, remember the second topic. We're going to do the tech of weed. Yeah. And then, oh shit! Now I'm forgetting the second topic. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think we were going to do a retrospective instead of doing it. Yeah. So 51 is going to be a look back at 50 episodes, even though we're almost kind of doing a little bit of that now. Maybe we're doing that today. (laughs) No, we're not doing that today. We're not doing that today. We're teasing that today. So episode 51 is going to be a look back on our 50 episodes. I'm going to actually try to sprinkle in some YouTube stuff in there too because it was fun. Um, And then uh, 52 is going to be the tech of weed live coming to you from boulder colorado not live recorded but all right so yeah it's a good good promo there i'm gonna take us right back to um making money on youtube podcasting uh patreon's another one that's it, it's just like you too can make a bunch of money all you gotta do is convince all your friends to be subscribers and bob and i have this term called tupperware party it's basically your friends and family <laughs> who feel obligated so as soon as you start a patreon account it's like you know, all your friends are gonna be like, "Fuck, he's gonna expect." Me I can't to- even get my friends to put the show sticker on their shit, <laughs> so they're never, they're not gonna give me money. I know, but but when when your friends start a Patreon, you're like, "Fuck, if I don't become a patron, what does this say about our friendship?" You know, it's just like this irrational, you know, like thing that happens. And and what I've seen a lot of people's Patreons like it, it kind of is like, "Yeah, I got a Patreon." They get like. 10 people all excited and your people are like, yeah, I'm on your Patreon. And then you go back and it's those same 10 people or there's nine now, or there's eight. <laughs> and it just, Hey, we canceled our Patreon because reasons, right? What a terrible thing to do to your friends. I would never like, I'm going to, I'm saying this, this is, it's on air. It's holding me accountable. I will never ask my friends to contribute to a Patreon account for me. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is why it won't be successful for me because if, if I signed up for one, I wouldn't want to tell anyone because I'd be like, I feel, like, I feel like I'm asking my friends if I can borrow 20 bucks. You know, it's just like this weird thing. <laughs> borrow 20 bucks yet never pay it back. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, uh, it's time to tough. I'm sleeping on the couch with my parents. Can I, can I get 10 bucks? Can we be a patron? You know, it's like I don't want to create that awkward situation. All right. So now that we talked about Patreon, um, open source software, if I look back, because I don't do a whole lot of open source anymore, I do every now and then, 
But I think there's a, a lot of that allure that you can make money in open source software. And I really think over the years, people have realized that you can't directly make money on open source software because the expectation is it's free. Open source and free are just married, though, even though they they never went to the altar. They somehow got a common law marriage. <laughs> common law. Exactly. Common law marriage. Shotguns and everything. And <laughs> so the only way to make, make money in open source is indirect. You got to sell courses. You got to you got to. It ups your street cred so you can get hired at the at the fancy tech company somewhere and whatnot. So open source, podcasting, YouTube, all three things I've done are just failed dreams in a lot of respect. If you, well, if you come in yeah, with that blogging's expectation. Yeah, blogging's the same way. Like there's people who start blogs that figure they're going to get enough eyeballs to put ads on their site. It's all the same. So let me ask you this, Bob. How how is it that some people can go from zero to microcosm celebrity in a span of like six months? How how, how are people doing that? Do they? Exactly. I don't know, but you'll find evidence on Twitter where somebody's like, "Hi, I just learned programming last month, and now I make six figures at whatever." Follow my blog, and they've got like three hundred thousand followers. I'm like, what happened? What? happened well i think that goes back to the way that we we entered in this conversation it's that formulaic thing where so i advertise that i just learned how to write you know html and now i'm making six figures a year here's my blog i think the expectation is is that if i go to your blog you're gonna tell me how to make six figures after six months of learning html that's what my thought process sounds is like there. a digital Ponzi scheme of, you know, all you got to do is it could be a hundred percent a Ponzi scheme. There's no way to verify that that person could code their way out of a wet paper bag, you know? <laughs> right? So, or, or there's no way to prove that they're better than I am. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I, do you just have to fake it and be like this and this and this? And the, I mean, it's all non-verifiable. And then as soon as you get actual followers, now you can start legitimizing your stuff and making money on a complete but can scam. You, but can you? I think you're just really pointing out the entire hypocrisy of social media right now. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you're right. We don't know what anything is really like well, on social media I, or on the internet for that matter. I can tell you for sure if you have a captive audience and it, let's say you had 300,000 followers and you drop a link to something, there's a good chance that you're going to get a lot of click-throughs on that and right and, and what if it's an affiliate link ching ching <laughs> which is another failed dream of mine i've tried affiliate <laughs> links oh god ah. well it's like that famous scene in south park with the underwear gnomes they you know they have a, a marketing meeting and it's all the underwear gnomes and it's a it's a poster board and it says step one steal underwear Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. And it's kind of like, all right, so start your blog, start your podcast, start your YouTube channel, start your social media presence. But it's that whole missing piece of building audience. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to understand how, given two, let's say they're twins, given two people and they do the same thing, one's going to, and one turns out to be a celebrity. Why doesn't the other? You know, what, what universal cosmic ray blesses certain people and other people not well i think hustle is a big part of it because i you know 
you, you and I both have experienced this. You know, we have our Twitter presence is fine. It's not great. Right. It's fine. But we don't work it. No. We don't really provide content. We don't hustle. We don't, you know. <laughs> if anything, people are probably discouraged by what I tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about the show. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no. My personal <laughs> brand, that's a whole different ball of wax. But I mean, you know, I'm not really trying to gain followers. But if you sat me down in a room and said, you know, wow, would you like to grow the show Twitter presence? Be like, oh, fuck yeah, without a doubt. Well, then the next question would be, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, isn't it weird? So I think that's the difference. Growing up, you and I didn't need a personal brand. I mean, as much branding as we did growing up was, hey, do you got a resume? All right, that's it. (laughs) And nowadays, you got to have Instagram, you got to have Twitter, you got to have whatever, and you got to have that listed on that resume and they're, the millennials have never lived in a world where that's not true, right? Well, I think it's just a difference, an evolution. I don't want to say the word evolution, a shifting in what personal brand means. Because when you and I started, there, was that, there wasn't that online presence that, that people could look up or you could use as a crutch to hold yourself up in an interview, honestly, or pre-interview stage as the resume stage. But I think the era that we grew up in, the personal brand was the way you presented yourself in the interview process, the way you presented yourself just on that simple piece of paper. And I think that's transitioned to, you know, this whole online personal brand kind of bullshit. I don't know. Okay. Um, so in, in those... <laughs> Kevin's like, okay, you're wrong. Well, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying the uh, the personal bubble or a personal brand bubble has also expanded because you and I, our brand bubble only needed to go as far as, I don't know, um, the city you lived in. And now your personal brand bubble pushes out to all corners of earth, right? Yeah. And I honestly, I wonder in today's hiring realm, you know, you come in with your resume, you come in with your social media. I'm, God, I would love to see a more modern resume for developers. I'm so out of touch. Um, but I wonder if they put their social media, their GitHub stars, you know, crap like that on there. But I wonder how many people, how many businesses hire those people based on their digital personal brand. And once they get them in, they regret it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they being the employer that they're, Which, you know, having a podcast is actually quite dangerous, right? So, um, yeah, it could be for sure. If if we were suddenly in need of jobs, could somebody listen to our podcast and go, ah, you know, see what so-and-so said there? Yeah. Let's pass. Oh, God, Kevin, this is part of our personal brand. Well, (laughs) it is, right? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Just, just interesting curiosities um, on stuff. I don't even know how we got down this tangent. Let's go down a different path. What do you got? Lead. Oh, what do I got? God damn it. I hate when you do All that right. to me. All right. I got one then. We, okay, good. <laughs> we work. Um, what, uh, what do you know about WeWork? So it's funny that you bring that one up, and I probably should have been smarter to bring that up too, but because I think I brought it up socially between the two of us first. Um, so I'm on social media, I think, more than you are, or at least social media with ads. So um, 
I've seen WeWork ads on Facebook like tons over the past probably six to eight months. Turns out that they're, you know, in the roll up to doing an IPO, which was allegedly one of the most highly anticipated IPOs of 2019. Well, of course, in the last three weeks, that's all gone totally shit south. And um, so it's a co-working space, I believe, or co-working brand. Yeah. And they have co-working locations all over the place. But I think that's all there is to it, right? It's co-working? Yeah, and and it's popular, but um, they're... Under they they recently asked their CEO to step down or he stepped down and he's he's got some, well, I think the board pressured him to step down yeah. but his wife is also some second in command right now she gets to pick the successor or something like that if he dies there was some weird things and the board changed that so the board's like ah oh, crap and then he owns so much of the company that he has so much voting rights that he could fire the entire board if he wanted to he meaning yeah it was like it was a 20 to 1 or 12 yeah, to 1 or something like that I got that. like three flavors of stock A, B, and C where some stock right. has more voting rights yada 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 um, but one of the interesting kind of slimy things uh, he was accused allegedly of doing was so WeWork has like 40 million square feet of office space because well they're a co-working place so is it in one location or is it multiple oh it's many it's very okay it's that's what i thought um but he happened to decide hey you know what since we're renting all the space why don't i just quietly buy all the properties that we're renting from so you can actually rent it from oh, me and he was the landlord he's he the landlord and the tenant all at the, at the same time and then on top of that he borrowed a bunch of money from the company at little to no interest to potentially buy said land so the company yeah so there's oh, a lot of a lot of slimy stuff going on that's there. like an that's like an enron thing all over again. Yeah, so apparently this has put a black eye on, like, like this was the thing that put a black eye in Silicon Valley. So this has put yet another bruise on Silicon Valley because they're very good at spending money. They're very good at, I mean, they lost like a billion or two billion dollars, you know, from last year or something ridiculous. No intention to make a profit anytime soon, which makes me scratch my head. Why would you invest in companies like this? But it happens, right? Yeah, they just chase funding over and over and over again. So God, this this shit just blows my mind. I would like to talk to a VC person and be like, why do you just throw away money knowing full well you'll make none? And maybe it's just a well for every five that fail, the one that does hit makes it right. all worth it. Who knows? And then you just start the process over again. It's probably it's probably an entrepreneurial illness on so many different fronts. And if you like, if you lose $10 million in investment, I mean, that's a huge tax write-off. I mean, you basically paid no taxes that year, right? <laughs> oh, I lost the yeah. big loss. Oh, write it all off. Yep. Yeah, that's a game that, like, I don't know, that people in our class just don't get. What are you trying to like, say, Bob? I'm not... I'm not. Well, <laughs> we're not ultra-rich. Okay. If we, if we, in the upper middle class, tried to pull that shit, we'd be in jail and bankrupt. Speaking of like one and done. <laughs> speaking of uh, CEOs, uh, the Jewel J U L uh, e cigarette CEO. I think, I think it's two U's. Two U's. Whatever I said. Jewel <laughs> uh, person stepped down today after uh, pulling all their ads in the United States, and I saw a lot of them here. Did you see a lot of Jewel ads when before? I have I never seen. I don't think I. I well, first of all, I don't watch a lot of television mm-hmm. or network television. 
but is that where they were advertising? Uh, I, no, I actually saw it on DirecTV, so I guess technically cable. So I have I don't think I've ever seen a jewel. I've now I've heard, I guess on radio now that you mention it, because um, I do listen to. Oh no, shit. So yeah, I listen to the audio feed from CNN all day, most days. Uh, big shout out, sponsor us, CNN. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but th- I guess they do run. Ju- they were running Jewel ads on CNN. Now that you mention it, so it's amazing that Jewel, it you know, had that uh, kind of quick reaction from the White House and some. You know, I think California is recommending that everyone stop using vaping like immediately. Um, I'd like to think, uh, the Bob and Kevin show, um, has parts in having, uh, companies rethink their business model because Colt, the manufacturer of the AR-15 has also decided to stop manufacturing the AR-15. Shut up. Recently. However, I did not know that. However, comma, there's, (laughs) there are tons of other companies that make the AR-15 style weapons. So they'll probably fill that void. So there's that. So do you think that as Colt goes, so too will other manufacturers just from social pressure alone? The presser that I read from Colt wasn't because of the th- reasons that you and I would want like, hey, we need less ARs in the world. They're like, no, the business is turning, to, you know, is is the demand's not there because Walmart stopped selling them. Dick's Sporting Goods stopped selling them. That's the reason, not because it's the right thing to do. So, it's, Yeah. Also, that we have millions of them already on the street. And we've probably reached saturation. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's that. Um, Internet Explorer, um, a new warning came out uh, today or at least this week. They're saying, WTF, why are you still using Internet Explorer? And this is coming from inside Microsoft because there's the uh, kind of the older vulnerability by just having Internet Explorer in your machine leaves you susceptible to attack. And now they're basically saying, no, really. You need to get rid of it. And so they sundowned it, right? I mean, is it officially sundown? I don't know if it's official because the people who are saying you should stop using it are like individuals. I don't know if there's any actual Microsoft, like, you know, end of life, you know, fucking stop using this. But I can't wait till it's dead so we can stop supporting it, right? We don't need 100 polyfills for old versions of IE. In, God, no, it's yeah. still available for download. Da fuck. What is going on? So that's weird. <laughs> Expected, but weird. Internet Explorer 11 will be supported for the life of Windows 7, Windows 8.1, and Windows 10. Wow. Oh, that's fun. So um, have you tried? There is an end of support. There is an end of support for IE 11, but it doesn't mean it's sundowned. When's the end of support? Is there a date? Wait, it's time to act. Since 1.12.16, Microsoft no longer provides security updates or technical support for old versions of Internet Explorer. But what is old versions? Why is it so hard to find this information? I feel oh, they want you to go to Edge. So apparently they're calling 11 an old version. I feel like they could do a better job of either A, supporting the monster they've created, or have some official guidance that say get the fuck off of internet explorer now yeah or they could release a patch and suck it off the machines something uh, all right now i'm clicking through here something happier uh <laughs> <laughs> oh there's nothing happier than ie11 damn it 
Uh, Amazon is adding Alexa into earbuds, eyeglasses, high-end speakers, and even an oven, according to CNN Business. Bob, do you want the ability to have an oven that you could just hold up the barcode of the can of beans and it just automatically sets some sort of settings to make you bake beans? I don't think that's how that works. I don't think so either because grandma's recipe ain't got no barcode. Well, if they're putting the the lady in there because I don't want to wake her up, I think you'd just talk to it. Mm. I mean, that that's what I understand. If if they're creating an oven with Amazon voice assistant technology, you're saying, hey, oven, why don't you whip me up a pizza at 375 for 25 minutes? Hmm. That's the way I took it. Maybe you're right. I want to I want to Amazon all the things. I mean I'm full in. I don't care if they're listening, transcribing. I don't even care anymore. Meet I George want... Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want it everywhere. Ah, uh, well, I, I like. Alexa. There's a bunch of cars that are coming out 2018 and older or newer that are all equipped with. Uh, I think Amazon's winning. I really do. Beating Siri, you mean? Uh, beating all of them. Uh, gosh, I wish I would have remembered which where I saw that article, but yeah, a bunch of new vehicles by multiple manufacturers are coming out with uh, the voice assistant technology integrated. What about the echo show? Do you know anything about the echo show? The show is the one that comes with the screen, correct? Yeah. And I see version numbers in this article says the echo show eight, which is slightly smaller than the echo show 10, but slightly bigger than the echo show five. Is that number the screen size or is that the yeah. generation? Yeah, no, I, no, I think those are diagonal measurements. That's not confusing because what happens when you come out with a new five inch? Is it the Echo Show squared or or five squared or two or uh, probably second gen probably two? Say, yeah, they say second generation. So pretty soon everything will be whatever, whatever, whatever gen two, and I guess we're right there already, right? I th- I think we've mentioned this several times, but naming things is hard. It is. Not gonna lie. Um, iPhone 11 XI, if you will. Is that how they do it? Is it iPhone 1.1 one one or XI? It's 1.1. One one. <laughs> oh, thank God. I thought it was always so pretentious when it said, it's iPhone, and let's use the Roman letter X. But if you call it iPhone X, how could you? <laughs> no, but you know what they did finally explain to us, I think we've talked about this too, is uh, that up until now, all iPhone users were not professionals. <laughs> What? Oh, because they have the... Because they have the 11 Pro. <sighs> More marketing for us. So, yeah, yeah, we did talk about... I think this is the lame duck edition phone because, yeah. I don't know. I got really excited when they were explaining the server architecture, though. Like, the not the server architecture, but the chip architecture. That's some pretty fascinating stuff. <sighs> it is, but at the end of the day, I don't care. <laughs> to think about but to think about what that tiny little chip does because the phone might be you know 10 inches in diagonal but that chip is only like a one by one-ish kind of square so it's, it's amazing iphone has amazing picture capability like um, i have a, a high-end digital slr camera and if i take a picture and my wife uses her iphone which is a generation or two old already I would say the iPhone looks better, and I can't believe that, but I have yeah, to. I think it's got its limitations. We're actually having this similar debate in our house right now because we've been taking a lot of hikes, and 
there's just so much that the phone doesn't capture though. Like, you know, you're the breathtaking Vista, you know, you're, you've summited, you're 10,000 plus feet above, you know, everything around here. And you take this beautiful panoramic image and it's just like, eh, it's not what I see. So Caroline's actually trying to get me to bring out my digital SLR with the 200 millimeter lens. She wants to try that on a hike. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll carry it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so have you seen the new, well, I know you have because you sent me the link. Bob, tell us about Boston Dynamics's new Atlas trick. Oh, it's, we're dead. actually it was funny i saw um after i'd sent you that i saw a tweet from eddie bravo um that maybe was instagram anyway he basically said all he said on the the comment was we're fucked f-u-c-t and it was just the video so they have a robot out now a new version upgraded version of the atlas robot i guess and uh it's doing basically a gymnastics beam routine uh it starts out, it goes into a full handstand and rolls out of it and then instantly does a dive roll. And then at the end, it stands up and does a 360 jump. Fun. <laughs> it's just, it's insanity. Once they start to string all the different capabilities together, we're literally dead. Yeah, but I still come back to AI is just perform- running a sequence, a, a routine, if you will. It's not making decisions on what to eat today it's it's not doing any of that it's it's saying oh my creator told me to run jump then when i'm done with this do that you know it it's not so if you just set it outside and said go live your life atlas it it would have no idea right but i think that you know and we've talked about this a gajillion times before too I think that there's going to be a convergence of all these different technological advancements related to these artificial beings. And, you know, there's, there needs to be a team that's working on the physicality of the, you know, to make it work in an environment. And then there's going to be another team that's developing the optics behind that so that Atlas knows that there's a log that it has to dive roll over, but there's a whole nother aspect to this too. It doesn't even have to be, um, doesn't even have to be like autonomous. Think about like you have these land-based drones basically that can navigate any environment. So you've got a, you know, a, a, a mental soldier, an actual human soldier behind a screen controlling a fleet of these dudes that can run, jump, roll. There you go. And so, probably shoot. So I hadn't really considered that. So basically you're saying that what we're looking at is metal avatars and you can send a platoon of these atlases in, and these are actually run like keyboard mouse, like a first-person shooter video game, except the screen is of the, the GoPro that's on the, the front of this thing, and when it shoots, it's shooting real people. Yeah, I actually think out of all the things that we've talked about for very many episodes here, that we actually might see that robot con- remote-controlled warfare before you and I leave this planet. I I I think you're right too. <clears throat> and because they make it so human like and because we kind of have this visceral reaction like oh my god this terrorizing thing. So there's two reasons where soldiers wear face paint. One is for camouflage but the other is for war paint reasons. Because uh yeah, you know, make we, it into a primal, sure. And let me tell you if you see a dude coming at you who's painted his face with a an assault rifle 
and you're not prepared for that shit, it's gonna it's gonna get your attention. You're peeing your so, pants. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so if you see a human like robot that's moving like what I see Atlas is moving like here, coming at you, and you weren't ready for that shit. Talk about shock and awe. You'd be like, what the fuck? I've shot it a hundred times. What the fuck? It's not going down. What the fuck? And it seems like it can think, well, guess what? It can because there's actually a human running this thing. And for me, that's the low barrier to entry. Not to make this thing think on its own. It can turn out its creator. It's it's the remote drone like you're talking about. Right. This, th- this thing can't die. Literally can't die. You kill it. You just killed one of the hosts. You didn't kill it. And you got That's the fucking scary. You got the convergence <laughs> of that um, uh, dexterity, you know, that they're building, and then you combine that with like someone like Elon Musk's battery technology, and you've got these, you know, robots that have various capabilities. I'm sure they'll have hybrids with wheels and legs. You have them just like the stealth bomber. You have it take off in Middle America, swim across to wherever we're gonna fight, and then run ashore and be able to charge themselves on the fly. Yeah. I, I think that is the much more likely scenario than trying to use machine learning to go, well, all right, Timmy, the robot, now that we've trained you to be a warrior, go do America's dirty work. That just ain't going to happen. Well, but I think that's, the, that's easily the next generation though. The next hundred years is Ugh. recording all that battle footage and then giving that data to the bots to be able to make if-then-else decisions based on the battle encounters that have already been, you know, used them as the first-person shooter. That's where I think we'll disagree, because <laughs> we, we, what wars have been fought the same ever? None. All of them? No. I mean, Civil War, World War One, World War Two. they all had their unique, you know, differences and tactics, and one doesn't necessarily mean there isn't the playbook for the future one the future one has always got something new a new wrinkle to it in my mind yeah but i bet you we could easily send a bunch of dummy bots that only know an if then else pattern for round one of robot warfare (laughs) i'd like to think and maybe this is a big if that the leaders of america wouldn't send half brain wait 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 i know i know no no this hashtag sarcasm okay okay good i was like are you sure you don't want to start over um i i would think that the leaders of america would send a bunch of half-baked robots into a foreign country as an invasion force and then just kill what they think is discriminately because it will inevitably be indiscriminately because of a glitch Kevin, have you ever heard of this little conflict that we got into in the 60s called the uh, Vietnam conflict? Well, so there's where my sarcasm's at. (laughs) You can't even send humans into a battle to make great moral, ethical judgments, let alone codify it somehow. So never, ever, ever. I will go on record many times over saying it's impossible. What we want, we can't close that gap. We can want it all we want, but we'll never be able to actually close that gap. And even if you think you do, through whose eyes did you close that gap properly? Well, I'm not even worried about closing the gap when you say that our government would never do that. That's pretty <laughs> much the stamp of approval that we will send half-baked robots somewhere. Uh, all right. We don't like putting dates down, but today is September 25th, is it? Yes. September 25th, 2019. 
2019, Bob and Kevin are going on record, I believe, I can speak for both of us, and saying that the next generation of what the fuck in military is going to be Avatar-based ground troops that, oh, yeah. are, that are piloted remotely and are just going to be these buzzsaw meat sauce machines where they're just going to go in and fuck everything up. And they're, but, all, and they're all called Atlas. <laughs> But they'll still have a human, which that's how I think the powers that be will say, well, look, we still have a pilot to these. It's still like sending a real human in there. Therefore, please sign off ethically on this. Oh, yeah. The drone program seems to be working out aces, right? I mean, there's no problems with that program. And the military (laughs) loves to do this in all countries. Well, if your country has it, guess what? My country needs it. Yep. And, oh, and plus we'll sell it. Right. And so we'll we'll create a proliferation of drones and bots. And then everyone will be like, what what's the worry? No, you know, these drones are human pilot. They can't turn on us until somebody in China has this little chip that all you gotta do is solder these four points on and then you know, disconnect the satellite uplink and then, well, we lost contact with a platoon or a squadron of these uh, Atlas machines. Hold on. Somebody's knocking on my door. I'll be right back. (laughs) That's totally a, that's totally a um, Black Black Mirror episode. God damn it. (laughs) Totally. Why don't they ever listen to our pod and get all of our ideas and of course give us a nice fat royalty check? Nope. I'm I'm pretty sure there was an episode where they lost control of a bunch of, uh, they weren't even autonomous. Well, I think they were autonomous, but they were still fail-safe controlled back at the HQ. So wasn't it like the the B sized drones? Is that yes? It? That I love that episode. Yeah, not all episodes are great on Black Mirror. Sorry, Black Mirror. Some of them are like really, really, really good, and then other times I'm just like, yeah. Did you ever finish that video game one? The, no, <laughs> the homo the homoerotic video game one. No. No, I haven't, but I, I didn't even watch the third episode, so I've only watched all of the Miley Cyrus. I watched half of the video game one, and I don't even know what the third one is. Was it only three, or was there four? It's only three. Okay, then I did season. see all three of them, but I can't remember what the third one was, too. Oh. Uh, um, I did watch I Am Mother. Have you seen that? No. Do you know anything about it? It's a Netflix original. It's got um, Hilary Swank in it. And um, I won't spoil it too much. It's all in the trailer. But basically, this the movie starts as a robot is tending to what looks like fetuses in Petri dishes. And it selects one and it grows it and it births it, so to speak. You know, it becomes a... It grows out of the Petri dish, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> and then this child, you know, knows no of no other human. It only knows the robot that's raising it is calling it mother mommy and then one day because she's in uh this this thingamabobber um like that's the only contact this child has is the robot mother so but they're in this like laboratory or living unit and she's told you can't go outside it's toxic because of the wars and then a human that's always a lie that's always a lie (laughs) a human arrives and it basically is like the human Hillary Swanks, you can't trust the robot. We're fighting them. That's the enemy. And then, of course, the child's like conflicted. It's like, what are you talking about? It's my mother. Is this a and movie then, or a series? It's a, it's a movie. Damn it's it. called I, I Am Mother, and it's on Netflix. Because that sounds like it'd be out. great as like a multi-episode. 
it 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 does have a lot of uh promise to it i i did watch the whole thing. i won't spoil how what i thought or anything but uh the uh the setup is pretty good to it so i'm actually excited for the between two ferns movie <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> not tech related but i'm really excited to laugh my ass off for it so Okay. Uh, what else you got? Because I'm I've I've blown through all my headlines. Here. I don't know, man. You pinged me through a lot of headlines there. My head is spinning. Well, we're uh, we're looking good on time here, so maybe we just need to yeah. call it an episode. All right, Bob. Um, one day we'll explain what the hell the bring the lightning is. But in the uh, meantime, <laughs> someone's got to explain it to us first. Meantime, in the meantime, will, Bob, I'll I'm gonna go bring ahead. the I'm gonna bring the random lightning. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. 